Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, November 8th, 2018, and this is a 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in the chapter, A Vision for You. We are on page 154, starting with the fourth paragraph, but what about his responsibilities? We are reading through two paragraphs, ending with what it meant to be alcoholic. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Roz G., The Twelve Traditions, Elena M., and readers of the text are Terry N., Edini M., and Hoodie R. The share ID for Wednesday, November 7, 2018, are as follows. For the 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 12,152. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, it is 12,153. Overeaters, oh, OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Roz G to read the 12 steps of OA. Roz? Good morning. I'm Roz G and I'm a compulsive overeater. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you. I will now ask Elena M. to please read the 12 traditions of OA. Elena? 
Hi, my name's Elena A.M. I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm a compulsive overeater, and here are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for this service opportunity, and I pass. Thank you both. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, A Vision for You. We are on page 152 starting with the, oh, four, um, you know what? Hang on one second, I said the wrong one. We are on page 154 starting with the fourth paragraph, but what about his responsibilities? through two paragraphs ending with what it means to be an alcoholic. I apologize. I will now ask Terry N. to begin our reading. Terry? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Terry N. from New Jersey, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Grateful to be here, grateful to have the opportunity for service. But what about his responsibilities, his family, and the men who would die because they would not know how to get well? Ah, yes, those other alcoholics. There must be many such in this town. He would phone a clergyman. His sanity returned. 
and he thanked God. Selecting a church at random from the directory, he stepped into a booth and lifted the receiver. His call to the clergyman led him presently to a certain resident of the town who, though formerly able and respected, was then nearing the nadir of alcoholic despair. It was the usual, usual situation, home in jeopardy, wife ill, children distracted, bills in arrears, and standing damaged. He had a desperate desire to stop, but saw no way out, for he had earnestly tried many avenues of escape. Painfully aware of being somehow abnormal, the man did not fully realize what it meant to be alcoholic. Um, so <laughs> thank goodness that uh, God, his higher power was with him and that his sanity returned and that he made the right decision. Because, you know, I thought about this. I was listening to the, yesterday's meeting on my way home from work last night, and I was thinking about that. I think somebody made reference to that, of like what would have happened if he had made a different choice. Um, and I'm just so grateful that the, the way they, things turned out and that, that thought of I have to help someone else won through and sanity returned. And, you know, today when, when I even the slightest thought of food comes in, I go right to recoil from it from, as from a hot flame and, you know, turn my thoughts to someone I can help. And I'm so grateful to have learned that, you know, the, um, the, I was at the, I was at the in alcohol. I was in alcoholic despair. I I was at the bottom. I was given that gift of desperation, um, and you know I wanted to stop. And I just and I thought that I had tried all these other avenues, like it talks about. Um, you know, I tried all these other ways, and sometimes I thought they were working. And I don't think that I really under ever understood what it meant to be a true compulsive overeater. And I had to get to the point of desperation that they talk about to be willing to pick up the tools, the spiritual kit that's been laid at my feet that I'm so grateful for. And, you know, by the grace of God, that obsession has been lifted. And, you know, people, people were asked, they asked me constantly about the way I eat at work. And uh, yesterday, I just kind of was honest with them. You know, and she said, well, why can't you just have one piece of cake? And I said, because that's not my reality. That is not my reality. You know, that's not who I am, and that doesn't work for me. And, um, you know, I get more and more um, open about what's going on in my life and why I eat the way I eat. And I'm just, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be abstinent today. I'm grateful to have an opportunity to learn how to learn and grow in this program. And so I'll keep coming back. And thanks for letting me share. I pass. <laughs> Thanks, Terry. And before I take names, I just have a math problem for all of us to consider. There are over 350 names, or people rather, on our line at any, different, any given time. And there are 15 slots available each morning. So before you press star one to unmute, I just want you to think about that math and uh, see who we can welcome to share this morning. So we are on page 154. We are starting with the fourth paragraph, but what about his responsibilities? We are reading through two paragraphs ending with what it meant to be an alcoholic, comments on both. And uh, anybody would like to share this morning? 
Kim G, Kim G from South Jersey. Lisa Reba B. Irini M. Okay. Lance L. Okay. This is Larry. Okay. Any other new voices that we have? Step up, step up. I'm giving you an opportunity here. Press star one. Sharon T. Barbara G. N. All right, I'm going to stop right there. My list is way too long. Um, but I am, I'm okay with that. I think we'll be okay. We have Kim G, Lisa B, Edini M, Reva P, Lance, I did not get the first initial of your last name. Larry K, Sharon, did not get the first initial of your last name. And Barbara N, as in, I'm not sure, but N. Okay, so uh, if everyone else could mute their phones, we'll get started with Kim G. Kim, please go ahead. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, a recovered compulsive overeater. I love this line. Painfully aware of being somehow abnormal, a man did not fully realize what it meant to be alcoholic. You know, this is the meeting between Bill and Bob. You know, what Bob agreed to talk to Bill for about 15 minutes. And what Bill talked to him about was his drinking. It talked about the disease concept he learned from Dr. Silkworth through his own experience, the allergy of the body and the mental twist. And Bob got really excited, and he felt that maybe he had a, maybe this guy could help him. And he said, well, what is the solution to this? And his head fell when he found out it was the Oxford Group Six Tenants, because Bob had been doing the Oxford Group for years. So what I believe, my personal belief is there's this sacred space where someone's ears and eyes are open and they hear a clear message. I know for me, I was in OA for about a year, found out about accidents, worshipped the food plan for another year, and I heard that there was this, this conference in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and these two old men from Arkansas were going to be there. I didn't understand at the time, but I got to see Joe and Charlie. And I walked out of that conference with the thought, wow, this is awesome. This is really interesting. But thank God I'm just a compulsive overeater and just have to have a food plan and go to meetings. There were also many times that I was very, very desperate, but what I heard was a middle-of-the-road solution. I heard this dichotomy that people were addressing the, the allergy only when I worshipped the food plan. I heard people that there was a non-spiritual solution, that it was fellowship fear, basically Nancy Reagan just say no and getting scared straight, tools-only program. There were other times that I heard there was a spiritual solution and that abstinence wasn't important. A common term in the 1990s was it was fat serenity. Keep eating and just work this spiritual program and just, be, and just accept that. So why did Bob recover after talking with Bill? He fully conceded this disease process. He fully conceded he had the allergy to the body and the mental obsession. Basically, he admitted he was screwed. I cannot eat safely and I cannot be abstinent contently. And he worked the Oxford group with a, 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 a urgency which he never had, and that's how he recovered. That was me almost eight years ago. I had been in OA for 17 years. I had done these steps, and when someone approached me with this big book, and I said, well, I've done the steps. It doesn't work for me. And he said, how arrogant are you? This book hasn't needed to be changed in, 18, you know, in 80 years for alcoholics, drug addicts, compulsive overeaters, and you think you're so goddamn special, it's not going to work for you? 
And because I was taught this disease concept of allergy to the body, obsession of the mind, I worked these steps, which is an urgency I never had before, and I too recovered and have had almost eight years of contented abstinence. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. We will now have Lisa B., followed by Adini M. Lisa, please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you for your service, Katie. My name is Lisa B. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And I really identify with Dr. Bob. Um, He didn't really understand what the problem was. He had an idea of the solution, the spiritual remedy. And that's kind of what happened to me. Um, Through family crisis and just despair and emptiness inside of me, uh, feeling that pit inside of me always from a young child um, and seeking, seeking a spiritual remedy that I just felt called to. I did have a spiritual experience when I was 15 or 16 years old and it was dramatic and it was life-changing and my family even commented on the change in the look in my face the next day and it was just a private experience that I've always had. But um, I'm still a real compulsive overeater. I'm still an alcoholic. And it wasn't until I understood clearly what the problem is. And what is the problem? It's Dr. Silkworth's description of alcoholism, which is just like compulsive overeating. And for me, it's both. And hopelessness. I had to understand the hopelessness. And it wasn't until I met someone that was really armed with the facts about herself of who and what she really is as a result of going through this work. And listening to the podcast really helped me. One of the best days in my life was the day I spoke out as a newcomer here and put my name out as a new person. And I got about 25 calls welcoming me. One of the people that welcomed me became my big book guide. And I'm so grateful for her clearly stating to me what the problem is. And I didn't have a lot of weight, but I had a lot of unmanageability inside. It was that inner life. And I didn't know that that was the untreated compulsive overeating. I had been sober at that time for 28 or 29 years. I still am by Lisa, I lost you. Please press star one. Lisa B, we've lost you. Lisa B, are you there? Okay, we'll come back, see if we can get you to finish up. Let's move on with Edini M. Uh, Edini, please go ahead. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual fellows. My name is Irini M., and I'm gratefully recovered, thanking God, always giving credit where credit is due. You know, Bill had responsibilities before he was recovered, but wasn't able to respond accordingly. He always put himself first. His needs came first. His drink came first. Now he has the ability to have his thinking directed by God, weighing and measuring his thoughts and acting accordingly in doing the right thing. Now he was no longer self-centered, but other-centered with a capital O and a small O. Thinking of others, his family, and those who are still suffering, by getting connected, he was able to be connected and stay connected. Picking up the phone and not the drink, his sanity returned, and thank God, always giving credit where credit is due, because God is doing for us what we could never, ever, ever do for ourselves. 
He was restored to sanity. And having that responsibility to carry the message in program, this is what we do. We have each other. We turn to each other because this is a we and not an I program. God resides in me as he resides in you, and therefore we need to identify with each other that connection. No more thinking based on a lie but the truth. He has the power of choice because of step two. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. This is admitting that I no longer am playing the role of God. You know, Bill made that second call to a certain resident, which was Dr. Bob. This started our fellowship. He had to share his story of how he was transformed by discarding old attitudes and ideas for new ones. Changes the way we think, which changes the way we feel, which changes the way we act. To share with others that seeing hope in what seemed hopeless. He knew by carrying the message to others in order to keep what he was so freely giving, that gift of sanity, stability, and being neutral, that connection that holds him firm and grounded. Dr. Bob knew he wasn't a normal drinker, but he didn't understand what he did not know until Bill carried the message of hope. He seemed hopeless, trying to so many ways to control the one thing that was controlling him. He didn't know about the allergy of the body that created the phenomenon of craving. And then when stopped, we can't stay stopped because of the obsession of the mind. Dr. Bob didn't take step one, being honest, admitting we are powerless, and continuing with the steps. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Edini. And before I welcome Reva, Lisa B, are you back on the line? Would you like to finish up? Lisa B, please press star one if you're back on our line. Okay, I don't hear you. So let's move on with Reva P. Reva, please go ahead. Good morning. This is Reva P, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. The thing that strikes me is that um, Bill is approaching Dr. Bob, and Dr. Bob at the time did not fully realize what it meant to be an alcoholic. Um, And it just strikes me how, you know, Bill had been educated about the twofold nature of the disease. Um, So when he is bitterly disappointed and discouraged that his business deal doesn't go off, you know, the alcohol starts calling to him, and he's wondering if he should go down to the bar so he knows he's got an allergy that if he takes, you know, one sip, he's going to trigger the allergy and he'll just continue drinking. But I think more than that, he's educated about the second part of the disease, which is the obsession of the mind. And what happens when I get bitterly discouraged? What happens when life doesn't go my way in abstinence? And the reason why abstinent only is just not enough because it's because I get bitterly discouraged, resentful, into self-pity, depressed, and that's just a next step to where the food seems like a great idea to numb me out, to make the pain go away. Um, so it's so um, it's such a great reminder that when I get into those places where my thinking is off, to know the nature of my disease that I need to take action. 
and they need to take action through the steps. And that's why it's so brilliant that 10, 11, 12, step 10 is really a synopsis of 1 through 9. So I clear the defects, ask God, and turn. It just turns it all around. It's a 180-degree turn in my thinking, which can only happen once I have put the food down and had the experience of the spiritual awakening as a result of the steps, because it's not the first thought. Um, it's the ability to differentiate the true from the false, see where my thinking is going, and then turn it around, and then approach somebody else and get out of self. So he's just showing me the example of how it works, and he's taking the action, which is a great reminder for me. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Reva. And we will now have Lance, I think it is L, followed by Larry K. Lance, please go ahead. Yes, you're right. This is Lance L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from California. Uh, can you hear me? Loud and clear, Lance. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm, uh, I'm fairly new. And uh, I, um, I was on the edge of that cliff. Um, I was ready to die. I was ready to jump off the cliff. Um, mentally, spiritually, I was dead. The only thing I wasn't was physically dead. And uh, this, this fork in the road that they talk about in the paragraphs before where um, the attraction, the attraction of, of, the, of the bright lights of the grocery store that that aisle that is just pulling you towards it, um, you, you know that that that's what I always went to. And the other side of it is, um, you know, to do some sort of work, what which I just did not want to do. Um, that those are my choices. And I and uh, the the home in jeopardy, wife ill, children distracted, bills in arrear, and standing damaged. Um, you know, none of that really came into perspective. None of that really mattered. Um, as soon as I picked up the food that I wanted, uh, I created a, a, a heaven of my own, and all of that would come next. Uh, this disease centers in my mind, and um, there's a solution for it. I, I called in a couple days ago, and uh, within... 10 minutes of announcing my name, I was getting text messages, I was getting calls, and, you know, I suffer from loneliness as well. I, I try to solve my problem of loneliness with the only thing that makes me feel truly, truly comfortable. Um, you know, that comfort only lasts a few seconds, a few minutes, and then I'm back stuck with me. And, and me alone, me stuck in my own mind, uh, it, it's a very, very dangerous place where I do want to make that choice to jump. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very thankful for this, uh, this line and everybody who shares because um, once I get a little bit of uh, relief, I, uh, I stop reading. I've, I've never actually got into this part of the book because I... Um, I found solution and, and, and I stopped compulsively or overeating uh, probably about 60 pages before. And, and with my story, I just uh, find that and I stop. I never continue. I never maintain. But this line here has 
really uh, pushed me and motivated me to keep reading with you guys. So I, um, I'm going to keep tuning in, and, and I really uh, am thankful for everybody here. I pass. Thank you, Lance. Thankful for all of us. And Larry Kay, we'll have you now, followed by Sharon C. Larry Kay, please go ahead. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. Um, let me set my timer here. That You know, um, you're going to hear the same things over and over again, but I, I needed to hear the same things. You know, with regard to what does it mean to be an alcoholic? See, I have an alcoholic mind, and I'm taught in the doctor's opinion. I need to understand the problem. First, I have an allergy of the body. What, what is that? See, when a normal person, if you're a normal person and you take a bite of what for me or for you might be an alcoholic substance, if you're normal, your desire for more gets satisfied. Now, you may overindulge, but every time you eat that substance, you get all you want. Your desire for more gets satisfied. When I take a bite of my alcoholic substance, here's what happens. My desire for more does not get satisfied. Rather, just the opposite. It gets intensified. My desire for more gets amplified. It, gets, it grows more intense. And that is not normal. And when I do that, I trigger the phenomenon of craving. Now, that is, that is problematic. That's a major, major problem. But that is far from my biggest problem if you're a compulsive overeater. We talk about the mental twist. It's often referred to as the obsession of the mind. That's the second aspect of my disease. And that ensures, if you're like me, that ensures that even when the alcohol substance is down, let's say I'm on a diet. We've all been on a diet. I put my binge substance down entirely. Even when I do that, it could be for an extended period of time. There will come a time when I'm driven back to the food again. And we call that the mental twist, the obsession. And when I pick it up, not if I pick it up, because I can only hold my breath underwater for so long. When I pick it up, I've triggered the allergy again, and I'm back to the amplification for the desire for more. It doesn't get satisfied again. And that phenomenon is repeated over and over and over again. And unless a person can have an entire psychic change, there's very little hope of his recovery or her recovery. Now, the steps do not treat my allergy, but it doesn't need to. The steps produce a change in me that treats the mental twist so that I don't want the food anymore. If you haven't experienced that, don't presume that it doesn't exist because I have, and, and I'm not the only one. And it's mysterious. I can't tell you why it works. I could just tell you it does work. I have to understand what does it mean to be an alcoholic. Because I will wrap up by saying, not everyone on this line is a compulsive overeater, is, has the alcoholic mind. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. We will now have Sharon C. followed by Barbara N. Sharon C., please go ahead. Sharon. Good morning. There Good you morning. are. Great. Yes. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. And this Good morning. This is Sharon T. as in turtle, a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. 
and I'm always amazed how Vision for You speaks to me exactly what I need to hear. And Lance said what I'm feeling so eloquently, um, and I know I'm not going to be able to say it quite the same way he did, but I'm struggling with the aftermath of being a compulsive overeater. And this morning I got up and I was berating myself because I have no self-discipline because there's chaos around me. And I'm, I'm new to the program. And thank you so much for really encouraging new people to come online today because that really, that really is why I came online is because you really encourage new people to come on. So thank you very much for that. But as I heard the description on page 155, where it said, it was the usual situation, home in jeopardy, wife ill, children distracted, bills in a raise and standing damaged. It made me look around and realize that I'm looking at years of compulsive overeating in that diseased mind. And it's just like a tornado has come through. And now I'm able to see the aftermath of that and struggling with how to deal with all of it. Uh, and I know I will be able to, but this is what I needed to hear. I thought that I had a defect in character, um, that I that I was um, hopeless uh, as I looked around my life and my work environment, and I realized it's the aftermath of the diseased mind. Um, and I'm so grateful for vision for you. And I appreciate everyone, and as Lance said, all the phone calls really do help. So thank you so much. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sharon T. And now we'll have Barbara N. Barbara, please press star one. Barbara N., I'm not hearing you. Please press star one, Barbara. It's Barbara G. It's Barbara G. Hi. Oh, Barbara G. Go ahead. Hi. Thanks. Uh, hi, my name is Barbara, and I'm a comp recovered compulsive overreader. And uh, I am also very grateful for the possibility to speak. It's the first time that I mm, speak on the line, and I am very emotional, but very grateful. And uh, by listening to your shares, uh, uh, and by listening to the reading this morning, I kept on thinking of the power that uh, this program has in my life today. Now that I have uh, learned on how to work it, I've been in OA for many years, uh, for 18 years, but only this January I started working the steps. And... Uh, incredible things are happening into my life. And as I was listening, I was also really giving a lot of gratitude to my higher power and to you all, because uh, I know today that where I am, it's the result of a long process. And uh, I this gives me the understanding and the patience and the compassion today towards a particular situation. I had a newcomer calling me the other day and uh, she she never showed up again. Our first phone call, she wasn't definitely ready to do what's requested by our program. But I am so grateful because by really working these steps, I know today that it's not a merit. It's 
by the grace of a higher power that I'm here and that I can understand what you're telling me today and that I get to hear the message. And uh, so I, yeah, this is what I wanted to say. And I also would, I would also add that I pay a lot of gratitude also to Step 10, 11 and 12 in these days. I just finished my 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 steps with the sponsor. So I I while I'm working on my amends, I'm living on 10, 11 and 12. And uh, I, um, I I don't know how I would do without them especially step 10, but also 12, which I am discovering in the last few days because I haven't got any sponsor yet. And I was kind of feeling, oh, how can I give to people? How can I work with others if I don't have any sponsors? But that was, uh, again, illness talking to me because others are others, are not just others in the program. And uh, as soon as I was open to hear this message from my higher power, I started to start feeling, I started feeling useful and to contribute to life. And so I'm very grateful. And I'm also grateful for having been given the possibility to talk. And I wish you all a wonderful day. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Barbara Ann. <clears throat> and before we welcome more people to share, we are on page 154, starting with the fourth paragraph. But what about his responsibilities? We are reading through two paragraphs, ending with what it meant to be an alcoholic. Comments welcome on both. And we are welcoming people who haven't shared recently to, to share. So please go ahead. Mary A. Ginger C. Mary A. Nadia Kate C. Melissa C. Kate. Kate. Michael M. Michael M. M. Sally M. Okay. Yeah, thank you. And Sally. Okay, so I took way, way too many names. Um, we'll just go with it. I have Mary A. Uh, Nadia B. Kat C, Kate B, Ginger C, Melissa uh, C, Michael M, and Sally A. Okay, so I took way too many names. I apologize. We're just going to work down our list, and then uh, we'll go from there. So uh, Mary A, please go ahead. Oh, thank you very much. Hi, everybody. It's Mary A from New Jersey, and I also am so grateful that um, – you thought of all those people that are on this line that may have never shared. It's so wonderful to hear new voices. I haven't shared in a long time. I've been in the rooms about 12 years. But I had to talk this morning because I saw one word that is probably the most important word in this whole book that God himself gave me. And the word is, but first I want to read the paragraph. But what about his responsibilities, his family, and the men who would die because they would not know how to get well. Ah, yes, those other alcoholics. There must be many such in a town. He would phone. I couldn't believe it. There I saw it. Phone a clergyman. My gosh, here we are. Between the two meetings, probably 700 people within two or three hours. And yet, and it's because of a phone. And it brought me back to 12 years ago, it was not um, OA, but it was another that God brought me to, 
to get me well in this area. And when I, it just didn't make any sense when, thank God, an angel said, just try this number. And I did, and it was through a phone. But as I was listening month after month, I heard God say to me, Mary, when you see the phone, you see the lighthouse. You hear Bill talk about it, okay? You hear Bill talking about how we're out at sea and um, we're lost and it's a fury and we're in the food and we're going insane and we're brought into the safe waters. Of course, he was talking about alcohol, to the safe waters of AA. He said, Mary, when you pick up that phone, P-H-O-N-E, I am bringing you into the safe waters of OA, of the other, the one I had started in. And, you know, what is a lighthouse? A lighthouse, when a ship is out at sea, and, of course, Bill many times talks about us being on that vessel, it is the lighthouse that saves them. And I'm so grateful for that lighthouse. I just want to end on one thing. For the life of me, I keep hearing people say, put down the food, put down the food. I said, God, that is not my experience. What he told me 12 years ago, as I was in my kitchen, 250 pounds, and I was lost. And he promised me, if you just get on the phone, pick up that lighthouse, come into these waters, I will give you a spiritual awakening. Mary, you can't force the sun to come up in the morning. And you cannot force a spiritual awakening. But I promise you, if you come and listen to these people on the phone, you will have a Time, spiritual please. awakening. Thanks so much. Wow. Thank you, Miss Mary. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. We'll have now have Nadia B. followed by Kat C. Nadia. Thank you so much, Katie, for your service. Uh, Nadia B., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Connecticut. Uh, the sentences that are spo- uh, that spoke to me are the two last ones on 155. He had a desperate desire to stop, but saw no way out, for he had earnestly tried many avenues of escape. You know, I've tried in a way. <laughs> So many avenues of escape, um, different food plans. Um, I desire to be normal, you know, and almost died trying. So if you're anything like me, if you have this twofold illness, this condition, the allergy of the body and uh, an obsession of the mind, um, you know, most likely you're going to need a solution bigger than um, a food plan. You know, my alcoholic eating and my alcoholic thinking was the only normality that I ever knew. From the very beginning of my life, I don't know how it developed, but I was really painfully aware of being somehow abnormal. I didn't know what it was to be an alcoholic until I started working the steps in abstinence. Boy, was it painful. Boy, was I aware of the discomfort. Um, And, uh, you know, but there is a solution to this. And the comfort comes as a result of keeping all this alcoholic substances down. And, um, you know, I for some reason today what really is coming up for me is 
I almost died trying to be so normal that I couldn't feel anything. Um, Put that food down. Get yourself a sponsor, someone who is recovered, who is neutral with food. Um, Because this thinking doesn't go, if you're anything like me, if you're anything like Bob, if you're anything like Bill, if you have this alcoholism, it will never go away on its own. So um, normality is something that um, I know as a result of this experience that is spiritual in nature. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous and this book and a wonderful sponsorship in this room. Uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Nadia B. We will now have Kat C. followed by Kate B. Kat, please go ahead. Hello, Kat K., compulsive overeater, maybe heard? Yep, got you, Kat. Thanks. Um, yeah, uh, wonderful shares. Thanks for calling out newcomers or people that haven't shared. Really appreciate it. Um, I, I, you know, as soon as I was called, what I was going to say completely slipped my mind. Um, and I was like, oh, well, I guess God didn't mean for me to share that this morning um, related to the reading. Uh, what I'm feeling grateful for today is um, I'm really uncomfortable um, because I'm experiencing some failure in my life. Um, but I'm thankful for this program because, um, number one, uh, it's helped me recognize that discomfort isn't me does not discomfort that I'm feeling doesn't mean the world's going to end. Number one, number two is I don't have to pick up the food. Um, when I'm uncomfortable, uh, I am thankfully it's allowing me to thankfully look at some of the other character defects. Um, I'm acting out and to focus my attention on self-development rather than arrested development, because instead of actually facing the music and working on myself and, and the character defects and, and what I could do to op- maximize my service and usefulness uh, to others through also working on myself um, is something that um, I couldn't do in the food. So it was literally a, a form of arrested development for me, and I'm so thankful today that in, despite being in discomfort over some things I'm facing in my life, that I'm grateful for this program. I'm gratefully abstinent. And... Um, on this journey with you all. So thank you all for having me. I appreciate it. I'll pass. Thank you, Kat C. We will now have Kate B. followed by Ginger C. Kate B., please go ahead. Kate, please press star one to unmute your phone. I'm not hearing you. Unless my ears are broken because there were oh, a lot okay. of names. Oh, there she is. Good morning, Kate. Yeah. Hi, I'm Kate C., as in City, uh, from Wisconsin. Um, I am just a little more than 30 days uh, in the program. And when the obsession of the food started to leave me, the mind went ballistic. And on page 88, where it says we ask God to direct our thinking. Well, I stop right there now because I see what the mind has done. And it's been like this my whole life. And I am so 
grateful that I am finally learning how to get out of the squirrel cage and into some sanity without anything. I started in another program and have come to this one. And I am eternally grateful to all of you for sharing. I came on the lines and I heard people say they're recovered. Recovered? I couldn't believe that people actually could recover from compulsive overeating. And now I know it and I believe it. And this has been the most incredible month of my life. And I'm in my 60s. So uh, I'm so grateful to all of you. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Kate C. Um, we actually, I, I um, suggested that we have four people share towards the end of the meeting. So I have Ginger C, Melissa C, Michael M, and Sally A. So please just be mindful as you share um, that that's what we're looking at. Four people and about six minutes. Hi, Hi Ginger. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much. Go ahead, Ginger. Oh, and one okay. moment. We are on page 154 starting with the fourth paragraph, but what about his responsibilities? We're reading through two paragraphs, ending with what it meant to be alcoholic, and our lineup is Ginger C, Melissa C, Michael M, and Sally A, if we're able to get through all of everyone. Thank you, go ahead, Ginger. Okay, thank you so much. Ginger C, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. Um, I'm just looking at the bottom of 155, that paragraph we read, it says this refers to Bill's first visit with Dr. Bob. And then I just go back to the third edition. It says, each day, somewhere in the world, recovery begins when one alcoholic talks with another alcoholic, sharing experience, strength, and hope. And it's just profound. That's, it's so simple what we're doing here. If you're in a fit spiritual condition and you're continuing to take action and to follow these 12 steps, you can advert misery and death for another person. And that is why we're here, page 77, our maximum, our real purpose, again, to fit ourselves, to be with God and help those about us. And right now I'm in the airport. I'm on my way to Cincinnati, Ohio. I have no idea who God's going to have me bump in today. But as long as I'm thinking about God and how I can be of this service, I, again, may be able to help another. And that's what it's all about. So grateful to be here and love what we uh, read and all the shared today. So thank you so much. Thank you, Ginger. And Melissa C., followed by Michael N., if we have time. Melissa, please go ahead. Thank you for your service. Thank you, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And I'll try to be really fast, but what jumps out at me is um, that he can finally see that his drinking, you know, and in my case, my eating, affects other people and I have a responsibility as a recovered woman to grow a fellowship up around me by taking my difficulties and and using it to be useful not you know it's it's very clear he doesn't call it's, he's not making phone calls to people bitching and complaining about his business problems. He might have done that, but that wasn't the solution to grow a fellowship up around him. And so I'm given direction when life is really challenging, and it is, you know, like that's just the nature of being a human being. 
Um, my solution is not to, you know, grow my problem, not to sit in my problem. Yeah, I have to acknowledge it, but then I must get busy helping others because I have a responsibility. And because I'm recovered, because I'm food sober, because I really work hard to stay connected with God, I can see that. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. And Michael M., we'll now have you. And if time, we'll go to Sally A. Michael, please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you for your service. My name is Michael M. Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm not real, real. I don't like saying old timer. <laughs> I'm vain, a long timer. And um, 43 years ago, I was introduced to our program. And I have to say, I lost a tremendous amount of weight, changed my life totally, uh, and through a death and two years of illness, my, not my illness, my partner's illness in the, in the 80s, I uh, gained a quarter of my weight back. Uh, and then for 11 years, there was no meetings where I lived, even in the phone, anywhere upstate. Bottom line is that I was introduced to this wonderful, amazing program, and I was at the, uh, uh, around in the beginning of OA, or at the beginning in the 70s, and to come back and to be reminded of my own insanity and what I have done. Uh, two of my best friends passed away last year, and I gained that same quarter of my weight back and really thought I was going to go over the terrace because I, sugar is deadly. Uh, I never picked up alcohol or drugs for 43 years, but sugar, when anyone I love dies, uh, somehow I can't, I didn't cope. And last year, two of my dear friends died, composed of high blood pressure, and one was one of us, and uh, and mental illness. Anyway, I am so very grateful because for the first time in so many years, uh, I am back to uh, accepting that I don't want this extra weight and I will do whatever I need to do in reading my books and everything. I'm just so very grateful to vision and that higher power somehow turned me on to, and I'm older. So when I first used the phone, I was like afraid I was going to break the, the meeting. It was, you know, <laughs> it was an old flip phone. I only recently got a new phone. It's no longer a flip phone after 40 years. So God bless and thank you so much for your service. That's it. Thank you, Michael. And unfortunately, Sally A., I'm hoping you can stay on the line and offer us your experience, strength, and hope in our second hour, which starts soon. Thank you to everyone who shared today. Um, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. Our share ID for Thursday, November 8th, 2018 is 12,157. That's 12157. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Edini M. please read a vision for you? Edini? Yes, uh, thank you. Um, and with great pleasure and honor. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation 
what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is still in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of the past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.